This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that focuses on your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. And on today's episode of Health Dose, we have exciting, potentially life-saving information for people who have recently contracted COVID-19. It's called monoclonal antibody infusion therapy, and it could fill in the gap for people who come into contact with the coronavirus before they have had the opportunity to receive the vaccine. Lydia Watson is the Chief Medical Officer at MidMichigan Health. Health Dose asked Dr. Watson to explain what a monoclonal antibody is and how it's used to treat COVID-19. Monoclonal antibodies are one of the current treatments for COVID-19 that we're seeing great success with. So a monoclonal antibody is a lab-made protein that mimics the immune system's ability to fight off things like viruses. And currently, there have been two different monoclonal antibody regimens that have received emergency use authorization by the FDA. And so the first one is bamlanivimab. And as you can tell, that's a mouthful of words. So we refer to it as BAM. That's BAM therapy for us. And that was the first monoclonal antibody that was released. The one that actually is a little more recognizable by most people is the monoclonal antibody cocktail that President Trump received. That one was made by Regeneron. So bamlanivimab was made by Eli Lilly. That's the drug company. The Regeneron cocktail actually has two different monoclonal antibodies in it. Those names are equally unpronounceable like the bamlanivimab. So it's casarivimab and imdevimab. But essentially, all of these monoclonal antibodies are directed against that spike protein of COVID-19, the spiky things that you see when you see a picture of COVID. So these antibodies attack that protein and then prevent the virus from being able to enter human cells. How is this similar or dissimilar to other treatments? This is an immunization. Is this a vaccine? Uh, No, it's not a vaccine. So it is a specific infusion. It's a liquid infusion that goes in through an IV over an hour time frame. And essentially, it is an antibody, but it's not a vaccination because a vaccination is given to you for you to make your own antibodies against something. Whereas this is an actual antibody that's infused into your system and helps to fight the virus. You're skipping the body's need to create its own immunization, its own antibodies. You're just giving the body the antibodies they need. Exactly. And the exciting thing about this therapy is it works. And, you know, we've tried a couple of different things over the course of COVID treatment since earlier this year. And this one seems to work. It has to be given to patients that are outpatient. So before they're sick enough to get into the hospital, and if we give it to that population of patients, and we'll talk about who's a candidate in a couple of minutes, but if we give it to that population of patients, we are reducing their risk of hospitalization 
or needing to go to the emergency department to be evaluated by 70%. And that antibody protection seems to be lasting for at least 30 days. So again, it's going to help those people with active COVID get through the course of their COVID disease and hopefully keep them at home and not with serious complications or, or death. And that outpatient thing is so important because what we've seen is once a person gets on a ventilator, that's troublesome. Keeping people out of the hospital for treatment, that's a big win for the healthcare industry. Getting people in their homes where they're away from the general population or a bunch of people who are also sick, that's good for everybody, right? Absolutely. And that's, again, the beauty of this therapy is we want to give it sooner rather than later. So as soon as you have mild to moderate symptoms, if you contact your primary care provider and you meet the criteria for receiving the monoclonal antibody, then we can give it. We don't have to wait for you to get sicker. We just know there's a risk of you getting sicker if we don't give it. Doctor, who is a candidate for monoclonal antibody therapy? So I already mentioned that you should be an outpatient. So you should not have been sick enough to be hospitalized yet. You should have been within the first 10 days of the onset of symptoms because we know that this therapy works better the sooner you use it. So in the first 10 days of the onset of your symptoms, and you can't require oxygen, it doesn't seem to work as well if you need oxygen. And then in addition, the people that we're encouraging to come forward to get it are if you are over 65 years old, if you have increased body mass index greater than 35, so you're overweight. If you have an immunocompromised state or some type of a disease or treatment that you're receiving that suppresses your own body's ability to fight the virus, chronic kidney disease, diabetes that requires more than just diet to control, so requires some kind of medication. And you can be younger than 65 if you're at least 55 and have either heart disease, high blood pressure, or chronic respiratory disease, COPD type diseases. I want to back up on a couple of those criteria that you mentioned. You said that it can't be for somebody who's dependent upon O2 oxygen therapy. Is that oxygen therapy prior to the condition of COVID? Is that like somebody who has COPD who uses supplemental oxygen? They're not a candidate for this drug? Correct. If they, if they require oxygen therapy, whether it was pre-existing before they got COVID, or if now they're presenting in their doctor's office and they appear to be short of breath and having difficulties breathing, and we check to see what their oxygen needs are, and they need oxygen, they wouldn't be qualified for the antibody therapy. I guess I understand the business of immunosuppressive problems and, and kidney disease and diabetes I under, and, and COPD. I understand all that. What's the connection between body mass index and whether or not you're a candidate for this drug? Well, we have made that determination based on our experience with patients that have gotten COVID virus since the beginning. And we have seen that if you are overweight and overweight in and of itself is a body mass index of greater than 30 and morbidly obese is greater than 40. So by the time you start to head past just being overweight, that we start to see that those patients that got COVID, even if it was just being overweight as their only medical condition, 
they had more serious disease, were more likely to get admitted into the hospital and actually had higher death rates. Mm. So we know that being overweight, especially greater than a 35 BMI, is a risk factor for being more significantly ill. How is this therapy administered? So it's typically administered in an outpatient setting. It could be an infusion center. It could be an ED room. It could be an ambulatory practice room. And you come in and you are hooked up to an IV and that it's infused over an hour period of time. So this is delivered intravenously rather than the intermuscular vaccine that we get. We want to put it right in your bloodstream. Going to put it right into your bloodstream and it's a slow infusion. So to give it over an hour means that we give it slowly to give your body time to adjust. That then is associated with less side effects and less risks of a reaction. And then after the infusion is completed, we actually monitor you for another hour to make sure you're doing well until we send you home. How far are we into the use of monoclonal antibody therapy? Is it widespread? Is it readily available? It was not initially readily available. BAM got approved in early November and the Regeneron got approved about three weeks after BAM did. So it's still relatively new and relatively available to the public. So it was being used in trials and used experimentally. When President Trump used the Regeneron cocktail, it hadn't yet received that FDA emergency use authorization, but it is now. And we, over probably the past three to four weeks, have been receiving a weekly allotment of one or the other of these medications. And they really can be used interchangeably. Yes, they're different, but they do the same thing. So if we have BAM on hand, that's what we infuse. If we don't have BAM, we would use the Regeneron. I think what befuddles me, and I'm sure many people, is that this virus seems to be, and I'm going to put it in quotes, no big deal for a lot of people. And for some, it's absolutely devastating and it seems to be random. I mean, we talked about the pre-existing conditions and the comorbidity, but that doesn't seem to be the common link between patients who have severe outcomes from COVID. What is that common connection? Do we know yet? We really don't. And again, as time goes on and we see more individuals impacted with the virus and we study its behaviors, we are learning more things. And Different people are impacted differently because their immune systems and their immune responses are different, but the virus behaves differently in different people. So I can give you a very sad example. I have a good friend from high school that passed away this week. She got COVID. She did not have underlying medical conditions. She was not overweight. She was a healthy, active 60-year-old, and she got COVID moderate symptoms, was doing pretty well, had essentially recovered, was like on day 10 or day 11, and then keeled over in her kitchen and was found unresponsive after we're not really sure how long a period of time by one of her kids. And we're all assuming that she probably died of a blood clot to the lungs. And so one of the things that we have seen that we didn't recognize early on is that in some people, this virus is causing an increased tendency towards forming blood clots. 
And if you have a blood clot in your leg and a piece breaks off and goes to your heart or your lungs or your brain, that can be a cause of instant death. So that's one example. It's not just the virus and how it affects your lungs. It's where is it in your body? How is your body responding? And then continuing to monitor what some of these long-term effects that may increase your risk of dying really are. We know there's a, a cardiac disorder in some people where the heart just enlarges and then patients can't function and then they ultimately can die from that. The blood clotting risk is relatively new. It's the more fragile patients that have complex diseases in older ages that predictably are dying from the lung effects of COVID. But some of the other deaths are all these other things that we're still learning about and trying to understand better. And it seems to me from a layman's point of view, observing this, that the majority of people, they get through it. It's a bad cold. It's a bad weekend. It's a bad couple of days. But then there's this trigger in some people where it just goes bananas in your it system. Goes crazy. Yes, it goes crazy. And especially if it is involving your lungs primarily, we know that the way that your body's immune system responds to that sometimes causes further complications. So you mentioned earlier that it is not a good sign if we have to put somebody on a ventilator with this disease because it is with the lung damage being caused by the virus, it is very difficult to get them off the ventilators once they're on. What should I do if I think I'm a candidate for monoclonal antibody infusion therapy? And is there a shorter way to say that to my healthcare provider so I'll remember how to say it? Just say BAM or Regeneron or that antibody cocktail. <laughs> That's probably the easiest way to remember is, is that antibody cocktail that President Trump was on. But if you believe that you are having mild to moderate symptoms and you'd like to be considered to be a candidate for this infusion therapy, just reach out to your primary care doctor and they'll screen you for symptoms, screen to see if you meet any of the criteria and I mentioned those criteria earlier, you only have to have one of them. So you don't have to have several of them to be a candidate. One would give you the ability to receive the therapy. And I can tell you out of the infusions that we've done at MidMichigan Health so far, we've only had one patient end up in the hospital after receiving it. And I think we've administered somewhere around 85 to 90, maybe even as many as 100, counting this week doses so far. So pretty good results. And so it's interesting because now we're saying, why aren't more people calling to get this? And I think one of the reasons is, is because it's relatively new. A lot of people don't know it, that it's widely available now. And so we're just trying to get the word out so that people do have an awareness because this therapy is surely a lot better than being admitted into the hospital. And we're a couple of weeks past the vaccines being released to the public. That's one portion of this battle against COVID. This is a separate battle. This is for people who didn't get the vaccine, who are in the early stages of contracting COVID, who have those co-risks, those comorbidity risks. You need to get that at the beginning of the infection. Am I correct? Exactly right. You summarized it perfectly. My doctor is going to be prepared to have this conversation with me when I call. Is that correct? 
Yes. And if he or she is not, ask them who you can be referred to. And so I would say that the majority of primary care physicians, internists are aware of this therapy and do know how to get you scheduled for that infusion. It may not be in their offices and they may not be the ones ordering it, but most of the healthcare systems have a process to get entered into being able to receive this therapy. I've been watching the news reports of MidMichigan administering the vaccine to its staff, and I know that it's available to people who are at high risk. But the question I keep getting from people, the thing that seems to be the biggest information need is telling them how to know if they qualify for any of these therapies or these vaccinations. Is there a specific set of rules? Is it really simple as a list of criteria that your doctor can go through with you? Well, for the monoclonal antibody therapy that we have spent most of our time speaking about till now, that's true. For vaccinations, that's a little bit different. So vaccinations really are available to everyone. It's just a matter of prioritizing who we give it to as it's being distributed, as it's being made across the country. And so there are categories of priority that have been put together first by the CDC and the ACIP. ACIP is the infection prevention arm of the CDC. Then that was passed on to the state health departments, which was then passed on to the county health departments as to their recommended list. And their prioritization is really based on who is at the greatest risk of suffering from severe COVID and perhaps even having a mortality, Mm -hmm. as well as who's on the front lines most likely to be exposed to the virus. And we need them to still be on the front lines taking care of people. So those are the first priority lists. And then once we get through those priority groups, as more and more vaccine come in, we're going to give it to anybody that wants it. And so I, I just keep saying, be patient. And when you hear a group that you're in being announced as being up next to get the vaccine, then start signing up. Is it fair to say that those criteria are changing or could change at a moment's notice? And so it's kind of like being at the airport when they're calling seats. You got to pay attention to what your seat is and when it's time for you to board. And it doesn't hurt to once in a while check with the gate and ask them, did you call my seat yet? Absolutely. I I agree with everything you said. And that is, that's a wonderful analogy. And, you know, some of it depends on how quickly can we get the vaccine out. I can tell you that again, MidMichigan Health was one of the first healthcare systems to get their first allotment. And that was literally only two weeks ago. We've already vaccinated over 4,000 healthcare workers. And we have partnered with our county health departments to say, okay, that first 1A priority group is healthcare workers and long-term care residents. But we're very close to being able to move on to that 1B category, which is essential workers, critical infrastructure workers. And what's changing is the definition of some of these priorities. But as we get closer to needing to know who we're doing next, it is becoming more clear. And, you know, I I just keep telling everybody that asks me, family, friends, patients, community members, our goal is to get everybody vaccinated as quickly as we can. 
And I think there is a very good chance that it will be open to the general public who doesn't fall into one of these other priority lists as early as April, if not sooner. So our takeaway is BAM and Regeneron, generally speaking, very positive advancement for medical, for healthcare. Yeah, and I think it's important to mention too that the other nice thing about this BAM and Regeneron is there are very few in the way of side effects. So only 5% of all the patients who have received an infusion have any side effects and the majority of them are minor. A little bit of nausea, a little bit of fever, a little bit of lightheaded dizziness, headache. Very rare allergic reactions. We do need to be prepared to deal with a severe anaphylactic allergic reaction if it occurs. We have not seen that happen yet in our organization. So that's pretty darn good that 95% of patients can receive this infusion for an hour, be monitored for an hour afterwards, and go home, decrease their risk of ending up in the hospital by 70%, and have very little in the way of side effects. The other question is, with regard to vaccines and with this infusion therapy, what's the long-term efficacy? How long is this BAM and Regeneron going to be a powerful ally for me as I try to battle COVID on my own? That's a great question, and there's not a good answer to it yet, again, because it's so new. But based on what the trials showed and what we know, just based on using it over the last several plus weeks, is that this is short-term therapy. So this is to get you through your current COVID infection. Then, as your body starts to heal, you will start to make your own antibodies, and that will protect you for a while, probably a minimum of 90 days. But then if you don't get vaccinated, you're back to square one, could end up with COVID again. Could you potentially get BAM again? Sure. If you meet the criteria and you got it a second time, yes, it would be a therapy we could consider a second time. Vaccine, we know you need two doses of the two that are available right now. Again, we don't know for sure how long protection is going to last because those tens of thousands of people that were in the trials are only about eight months out from their initial injections. So we know it works that long and we just have to keep watching those groups of individuals to know, is this going to last a year? Is it going to last a year and a half? Is it going to be less than that? We don't know yet. And part of the dynamic of this conversation is how fast COVID moved through the population and how fast our response has been in finding these therapies. I mean, this is unprecedented. One of the reasons we don't know how effective the the treatments are is because we've never put them on market this quickly. That's exactly right. And it is. It's unprecedented. And it is historic. We've never seen anything like this. We have never been able to respond as quickly as we have, just like you mentioned. So there's still a lot of work that needs to be done to monitor everything we've done and figure out what's worked the best, what didn't work so well, and what do we need to do to prevent another big surge. That is MidMichigan Health Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Lydia Watson. As always, if you have health concerns or you're interested in the infusion therapy, the first place to go is your primary care provider. If you need help finding a primary care provider, go to midmichigan.org slash doctors. For the latest developments, treatments, and therapies for COVID-19, go to midmichigan.org slash about slash news. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Thank you so much for listening. Check back again soon for another episode of Health Dose.